On today's episode of Trust the Podcast, we will discuss the trade deadline moves that the Sixers have made over the past week or so, and we will discuss how that affects the Sixers going forward. Really exciting episode, and I can't wait. Let's ride. Wicked, 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 wicked. Wicked tones, you know what I'm saying? What's up? Uh, Metro Boomin' wants some more, nigga. Wiggy, 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 wiggy. Hold up. Wiggy, 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 Hello, and welcome to episode 16 of Trust the Podcast. I am Stevie Sales. And on the other line, we have Johnny Shy in Chicago. John, what a trade deadline it was. Yo, what's Bracken, Stevie? Dude, oh my God. It's been a crazy couple of days. It's been like a surreal couple of days where, surreal. honestly, I woke up first thing in the morning on whatever day it was, Tuesday or Wednesday, and I was just like, Sixers trade for Tobias Harris, and then just from then on out, it was just like a dream for the next three days. I was like, what is happening? Dude. It was the best. When I woke up, I like saw some text messages and stuff, but like I've realized in the morning, like if I don't get up and like first thing I do is is make breakfast, then like I'm just like out of it. So Right, right, right. So I got up, I made breakfast, and then uh, my roommate – uh, comes up to me and is like, dude, you saw the trade, right? And I was like, no. <laughs> I literally was like, I was so like, I don't know. I was like almost ashamed. Like I was like, no. No, I hear you, dude. Like, he's like, we got what? Tobias Harris. And I was like, wow, what? Oh, uh, we what? <laughs> dude, that's, I'm the same way. So I saw like, I woke up, I saw the NBA. I got the NBA app on my phone and it says like, Sixers trade for Tobias Harris, and I see that headline, and I'm like, oh my god, that's crazy. But then, what my morning routine is like, I have 10 minutes to get out the door. Like, I really push it, and how late I wake up. So I was like, oh my god, this is crazy. And I saw that, and like 90 text messages in my group me, and I was like, oh my god. And I, but I had to run out the door, and I was like, at the bus stop, and like on the bus, reading all (laughs) this stuff. I was like, it was ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) That's great, dude. Um, so. What do we think? What are your knee-jerk reactions about the Sixers trade? So let's go – I guess we can go trade by trade. And also, all you trustees out there, this is a very loosey-goosey episode. Oh, yeah. We got no sales. We kind of prepare it like like a loose structure, like an outline, you know, for like an essay that you're writing. You got the (laughs) points you want to hit. We don't have anything. So, Steve, I think let's just go trade by trade maybe. (laughs) Um, So we'll just talk about the first trade first. So my knee-jerk reaction to that – to be perfectly honest, my knee-jerk reaction was uh, sadness about seeing Landry go. Oh. I, that that was my that really was my first thought because, to be perfectly honest, you know me. I watch the Sixers. Yeah, I, that's what I, I, I watch. Do know this. <laughs> I don't. Wa- I don't necessarily watch the NBA a whole lot. I watch the Sixers. So Tobias Harris, while I have since learned that he is a, a, a borderline All Star. And maybe in the East he would have been an all-star. I didn't know a lot about him. Okay. Okay? Yeah. So my first initial reaction was, Landry's gone, and I want to cry <laughs> on this bus. <laughs> but so that was your I knee-jerk got, reaction? That's knee-jerk, like, initial Straight reaction. Straight up right off cry. the bat. Okay. I will say, when I heard that we got Tobias Harris, I was 
extremely excited. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, really? I was like, because I don't know why. I just didn't didn't really think he would be so readily available. And right. I think we knew he would walk uh, from the Clippers without a contract and be a free agent. But I don't know. I just like wasn't really thinking Tobias Harris. I don't know. I, he didn't have any of the buzz. Like, yeah, he wasn't one of I was the guys maybe thinking on like Blake Griffin like, and like some other random people that I thought could be tradable. But like Tobias yeah. Harris wasn't my thought. Um, but I was excited. And then when I heard that we gave up Shamet, or I saw that Shamet was included, I was the same way. Like I was like, yeah. oh, I was like, oh. I literally my reaction was like this. John, ready? It was like, yeah, I'm ready. Oh, <laughs> oh. And I was like, oh, well, I guess. <laughs> That's literally like the oh, run I of guess. emotions that I had. I guess. Because like it was yeah, well, it was a good trade. Like we got it was. Mike Scott is like a pretty good basketball player. Like I don't know. People are right. people are kind of like talking down on him, but like the guy is like a t- typical like wing player. He's gonna fill in for where Wilson Chandler does. We needed a backup center. I'm not saying Bobbin's like the best player in the world, but like right. he's definitely better than Amir Johnson as a backup center. Oh my center. god. And then Tobias Harris is so much better than Landry Shamet. So like we just took three horrible I shouldn't say horrible, but bad rotation players and and yes. subbed them for three like one really good starter and then two one very very probably good probably better rotation players than we had. Absolutely. Dude, so here's what you here's another point that I want to bring up, and I talked about this in our group chat the other day. When you just you just said that Tobias Harris is much better than Landry Shamet. Right. Think about that. So much better. Yeah, so much better. But dude, that's not who we traded for. The if you compare the three players, You're right. it was Tobias Harris for Wilson Chandler. Right, right, right. And <laughs> it's so baffling to me, dude. I was saying this the other day. It's so baffling to me that Wilson Chandler was a starter on it's our crazy. team. It's wild. And we were we were all fine with it. Yep. We were all like, okay, this is our starting five. Like we all accepted that he was a starter. Yep. And John, one and thing that Tim Legler pointed out on uh, ESPN this I heard morning he was wild when I was watching. He was. He was wild. And first of all, he's got like a crazy spray tan. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know what Tim Legler's getting into. Timmy. He must just be spending Quite more and more time in the sun. But anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, or the booth, he was who knows? he was on ESPN saying like, "Here's the Sixers' offense. Like, look, Mike Muscala is the open player here." And, and, and like, I don't know why that just like triggered with me. And I was like, "Wow, you're so right." Like, the Sixers were yeah. giving so many wide open shots to Mike Muscala, and, and Tim Legner was like. This is going to be Tobias Harris now. He goes, oh my Tobias God. Harris is a much different level of efficiency rating, or he's much more consistent. And yeah. I just like started laughing in my head. I was like, wow. Like, think about this. Like, that's like adding Kevin Durant to a Warriors team and saying, like, Kevin Durant's now going to have these shots that Harrison Barnes had. Like, imagine what happens, yeah. right? Obviously, the Sixers right. aren't the Warriors, but like, substituting Tobias Harris for any three of those players is like night and day. Exactly. Dude, and that's the thing. It's like you start to think about, obviously our starting five is so much better, and you start to think about what are, the, what are defenses going to do? Who are they going to leave open? And yeah. instead of like when we're, when we're rotating around, even though it's not necessarily our starting five, we're going to have way better rotation options. Mm-hmm. We're going to leave a portion of our starters in with our bench. I feel like there's a lot more variability. Yeah. So it's like instead of leaving Mike Mascala open in the corner, 
defenses aren't going to have good options like that. Because if you're a defense against the Sixers with Mike Muscala on the floor, leaving him open is an extremely good play on your part. <laughs> yeah, right? Like so you're, now you're, you're playing the You're not just going to have that ease. Yeah, you're just not going to have that. Right, yeah. You're not going to have that easy of a choice. So I think, I mean, this deal is great. And we gave up some picks and stuff, like a, a handful of we them. We did. And that's... I literally have like zero problem with that. Same. Um, because we aren't in the game of dealing picks anymore. So even if even if a couple of our players walk, which obviously everyone's a little bit scared of, if Tobias and Jimmy Butler don't re-sign, and it's like, oh, we gave up all those picks. Oh my god! <laughs> it doesn't matter because we already have we already have a core team. Yeah. So we're not going to be looking for draft picks. We're going to be looking for. Ah, okay. Let's sign other people. <coughs> we don't need those picks. We just straight up don't need them. I completely agree. The, and if and if the position the position that our team is in, we're not looking to replace with draft players. We're looking to replace with signable free agents. Yes. So it's like we'll get there when we get there. Yep. And I will also say that I think it was obvious that we were going to trade Markel once you saw the pick packages that we let go, um, because right. you know in order to give away picks and not have yourself strapped down with like no picks uh you gotta get picks back right that's that's the right. that's the that's the the formula right john yeah in order to get picks so, you gotta give picks away <laughs> right exactly and so i'm okay. kind of messing around with that but still it's true <laughs> we, we, and we just don't we have like a million of them in our back pockets like we're giving them out like candy dude uh <laughs> You know, we just like toss it in there. But wait, the Markel trade. So remind me again. That was just basically Markel for picks, right? It was no. So and it was Markel and, and it was Markel and Jonathan for Simmons. Jonathan Simmons. Uh, yeah, and a first round pick that we used to have. Yes, which is crazy. And then you got to give picks to get picks. <laughs> <laughs> a first round pick that we literally had two years ago, and then. Uh, and then a second round pick that actually is in the top four of the or the top ten of the second round. Of the second round. Right. So okay. we're essentially getting like I and the, the first round pick is protected. So Yeah. Honestly, that pick could end up in our hands this year though. Because yeah. the Magic are in the playoff picture right now. And if they Hopefully they don't beat us, but if they get lucky and beat a team, like they might end up in the top twenty. So it's top twenty protected. Um, there's a chance. So anyway, um, but the Markel trade was, I thought, pretty brilliant and probably the yeah. best haul you could have gotten for a Markel Fultz in his current state. Right, right. So. That's the thing. I saw like Elton Brand in that press conference, which we had like a did, series did you watch of people. It? Did you watch it all? I, I didn't watch it. No, I just watched bits and pieces. Okay. So I watched it when it was the three Clippers up there yep. a little bit, which I want to talk about Mike Scott. I'll, remind me to get back to that. Yep. Um, but Elton, and then a little bit when Elton was up there. Uh, and he was, someone asked him like, why now with Markel? Why not earlier? And he kind of, I mean, he kind of didn't really have anything to say other than it's like, we thought he was going to come back this season, um, and we figured we'd rather add someone now rather than um, wait wait till like a month and a half from now or two months from now, and it's like try and incorporate him at the end of the season. 
It's like that would be stupid. Um, but it <laughs> stupid. Kind of, I just kind of, <laughs> I kind of felt like from his tone of voice, it was like he 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 is not sure that Markel will be back at all this year. No, that's and, what I and I think that that's why that's why I read beneath between the lines. Same, yes, and I think if you look uh, between the lines, like you said, that is abundantly clear. And I think Markel yeah. is even like. I, I wouldn't say, like, he's trying to make that clear, but, like, his agent is at least trying to make that clear. Like, the, right. the kid's just been around the team. He hasn't practiced. He hasn't, like, done any basketball activities. Yeah, he's just he trying to hang around the team. He's basically, like, a walk-on who, like, is never going to see the court, but, like, wants to be a part of the team and, like... Yeah. Uh, and, like... Wants to go to the team dinners. Yes, and, like, be friends with everybody and, like, be the stat have the status of being on the team right like, yeah like, like goes out to the bars with the squad he's and it's like yo yep. i'm on the team he's still wearing like, gucci like he's still wearing prada like so yeah he steps off the runway on the team plane yep. and like all that yep. that's not a good look for an nba player like if you're if you're 18 <laughs> years old and you're uh a walk-on at the university of kentucky like be my guest like be the guy to tag along and sit on the bench and try to act like you're a good player and whatever. Like I did that one t- one day, but yeah. <laughs> I literally I mean, one day. That was many days. Four years. I did it for four years. <laughs> but like when you're in the NBA and you're still trying this shit, like, like I I get it. He's hurt, but like, bro, like you got to figure right. this out. Like teams are gonna stop paying you. Like yes, you're on a contract, but like, dude, they could cut you at any moment. And the Magic, they now they're in his hands, and the Magic have to figure out what the hell to do with them. And I'm just glad that we no longer have to deal with. Them. Well, yeah, I, I am too. And it's interesting that the Magic made this move because, well, first of all, I think that it's been nice that Markel's kind of been absent for the past couple weeks, mm-hmm. and now he's really absent. Like, he's really off our case. Thank God. Um, and it's interesting that the Magic made this move, so they gave a player and then a couple picks as well. So, like, I mean, they're kind of, if you make that move and you're the Magic, you kind of just got to sit around and see what happens with Markel, like. They can't trade him. There's nothing. I feel like they gave up so much. If they trade him, they're not going to get as much. And it's just like they got to sit and wait and see what happens. So they are absolutely I, holding on to Markel. Yes. Yeah, they have to, and just they have to wait and see what happens, and that might backfire. But I mean, whatever. I, 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 I was the whole the whole season. I've been the guy who's like, hey, let's just wait around and see what happens with Markel. Um, so I can't back off that i was that guy but now that it's the trades happened i'm okay with it honestly so i'm not gonna sit here and be like regretful that we didn't get to see what he did because it was just there's just it was just too much waiting like we didn't know what the hell was going on so i'm fine i'm 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 happy with that trade as well same and i actually people have been kind of shitting on jonathan simmons saying like he's not the same player that he was when he was on the spurs since the spurs yeah honestly I think that's just a little bit of hubbub. <laughs> just a little tiny bit of hub, just, just hubbub. A little, just a little bit of hubbub. And uh, hubbub. I think he'll be fine. I think he'll fit in. He has one more year left on his contract, apparently. I'm not really sure about that. But I, when I looked it up the other day, I was surprised to find that he has one more year left. He's only worth like $5 million. 5.7, I think it was. And Yeah, that's nuts. He's like... Uh, from what I know, when he played on the Spurs, he's a good player. And uh, when he was on the Magic, he's been playing well. It's just like they have 
so many young pieces that they're trying to like throw in and like figure out how they fit that he hasn't gotten a ton of opportunity. And I don't even think he'll get a ton of opportunity on the Sixers. I think right. I think Mike Scott plays over him. I think James Ennis plays over him. Right. Um, obviously Tobias. But he's a guy that you need to have. You need an additional player that, one, is smart. He comes from the Spurs system. He knows Brett Brown. Um, oh, true. So, like, completely fine with all of that. Um, so, I think... Farewell to Markel, and if we want to like just <laughs> rope in the podcast themes that we've been going with, Markel oh, yeah. versus everybody. Markel, go ahead and battle every single Magic's fan down in Orlando because the right. Sixers fans are done with you, and I think we won the fight. I th- <laughs> and yeah, in the fight of Markel versus everybody, I think everybody won. Uh, everybody might have- won. Everybody mightn't have got the W there. Yep, yep. Dude, yeah. Hopefully hopefully the fans down in Orlando love cryptic ass Instagram stories <laughs> and shit like that. I'm sure they'll eat it up. So yep. go post a Instagram story with a black background and text. Just only text. Yep. And so uh, they will they will eat that up, I'm sure. Yeah, they will. Um and so we made another we made two more trades. Uh I think the only thing I wanted to say about Malachi Richardson is one. He has a well, co- he's, cool name. Yeah, but he's gone. We we waived him. For right, that's Eric what I mean. Ennis. That's what I mean. We okay, we yeah, waived yeah, yeah. him, so I don't really want to talk about it. But uh, he has a cool name, and I got to play against him. Oh no! Wait, wait. Tell me about that. Yeah. How that? When was that? It was junior year, I think. Uh, yeah. It was actually the year that I played a lot. But when we played, when we played Syracuse, I didn't play because I don't know. They didn't trust me to play to play against the zone. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. They didn't trust me. So uh, I remember they came to our place, and this dude had like 25, 7, and 6. And that I remember turning to my teammates and being like, this guy's a leaguer for sure. Um, I had no idea right. he was from Trenton. So he, he went to – Yeah, yeah, I saw that too. He went to Trenton Catholic, so he's like a local guy. But um, I don't know. We waived him, I guess. I, I didn't really get the move. I Just think, for money. Yeah, I think it was a money thing. I don't, I don't really know why, but – it it was it must have just been like he was part of the package to, well wait so which trade was he in initially? That's a good question. Uh, it was it was Malachi Richardson for was a it sec- just I'm pretty cash sure it was considerations? For, yeah, it was Malachi Richardson a second round pick for cash considerations. Okay, so we were giving so he was a, he was a dump. We were giving, he was a dumpster. Yeah, we were giving cash to Toronto. That sucks, and I was I was looking him up, and it looks like he has had some injuries, and he's been in the G League and stuff, and him getting waived, like, I know I don't know anything about him, but, like, that, that that's not a good situation no, to get traded and then get waived. It, that's, you know, you got to worry about your career at that point. Yeah. Um, but I would have been down for him uh, having uh, someone named Malachi on our team, you know? Yeah. Sounds like, <laughs> it sounds like some kind of biblical figure or like a wizard maybe. Yeah, I mean, dude, we like just got see... we just got rid of Shemet, so we had to pick up another <laughs> biblical figure. The House of Shemet. <laughs> yeah, dude. The House of Shemet and then uh, Malachi, son of <laughs> Ishmael. Like... <laughs> no, or Ma- I can see Malachi, know? the son of Joel. Yeah, oh. that would See, that could have been nice. Um... <laughs> I could also see Malachi being like a a magic act in Vegas, you know, like a headliner, like a 10 p.m. headliner yes. at a casino stage. Yes. And just the the great Malachi, you know, people yep. like 60 year old couples go and see him at 10 p.m. and then they go, 
you know, love it. play the penny slots and stuff. That's yeah. Malachi. That's Malachi. Um, <laughs> I love it. So uh, the next trade that we made was a really smart trade. So we leveraged the fact that the Rockets were over the luxury tax bill and that the Rockets general manager, I think it's Daryl Morey, right? I, I don't know. Whoever. That's Whoever. On, that's on you. But he has he has new ownership, and they are, quote-unquote, cheap. So they traded James oh. Ennis to us basically for free. We gave up a second-round pick, took up his contract, and, like, I even think we threw uh, – they gave us cash for James Ennis. Oh, really? James Ennis. Yeah. I, I, I don't know exactly. But either way – James Ennis started multiple games for the Rockets earlier in, yeah. in the season. And I saw that. I'm not saying he's good. I honestly don't think he's even that good. He's been on like four teams in the past three years. Like he just keeps getting traded and like sign, yeah. signing places. So, but he's a big body. He's like 6'6. He's massive. He's a veteran. Uh, he can shoot it. And if you're on the Rockets, it means that they statistically like you which means you're doing something right in the nba so like if he can contribute in a playoff series being on the rockets means that you can definitely contribute so i'm cool with it i really like it and we need wing depth right so that's what we went and got we got wing depth yeah exactly and i mean you gotta imagine that Maybe in terms of offensive production, being on the Rockets isn't necessarily a great place to spread your wings and show what you got. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, because James gotta, Harden you, is on the team and he just hogs the yeah. ball. You got an offensive black hole in James Harden. <laughs> yeah, which like it's good for the Rockets. It's kind of he gets a lot of points, but I don't know how I'd feel being a teammate in that situation. Looks he looks like he's a seven point guy yep. this year. Yep. Um, so I don't know. Maybe he. Off the bench in a bench scenario, uh, as a big, you know, big wing guy like you were saying, maybe he can, I don't know, have some more opportunities on the Sixers. Yeah, and so, so the last thing I want to talk about with that is that I've seen it on Twitter, I've read about it. That's the first time the Sixers have made like an, an intelligent move in order to gain like a valuable asset to your team since Colangelo left. Like Colangelo yeah, came in I, and yeah. was like giving up too much in order to get very little back and we finally have an ownership group that or uh we have a gm that at least understands that there are situations where you can leverage things and pull out the best in a move and i think this move was the move where you see that yeah okay so let's take a couple seconds to talk about elton brand just in general let's do it um, because these moves, honestly, what they show to me in every single, first of all, every single move that any GM makes, it's a gamble. Um, someone might break their leg in half and never be able to play again. And then, oops, that's a bad deal. Oops. That's just how, that's just, that's just how it goes. <laughs> so every, every deal is a risk because none, no NBA player is a guarantee. But what it, these trades tell me on just initially looking at them is that Elton Brand has ice in his veins. Oh, yeah. These are cold, killer moves. He's got balls that need a wheelbarrow. Yeah, dude. He's wheelbarrowing them around. <laughs> he's got a he's got a separate ottoman in his couch just for his big balls. <laughs> 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 well, 
when he kicks it up, and I'm sure he's somewhere along the main line, right? Oh yeah. You where, where you? I mean, you know, you you what was it? You, oh yeah, Radnor uh, Township is my his guess. Kid at, my guess is he lives co- in Radnor yeah. Township. Okay, he's a Radnor guy. No. Yeah, you coached his kid in that. I did. He was cool. He was a nice little kid. Right. Right. Yeah. So, dude. I just gotta say they're ris- they're. I mean, they're not. I'm not even gonna say that they're particularly risky, but they're ballsy, dude. They're big. No, they boy are. Moves. They're ballsy, and they and they say they scream that they scream that he wants to win right now, and whether that's ownership saying that or whether that's him right. seeing the situation that he's being dealt. Right. He wants to win right now while they can, and he also wants to make sure that we don't waste our money on low tier free agents. Uh, by missing out on the big tier free agents, so he's right. he's saying let's so, get some guys in house who we think that we can re-sign in the summer, and hope that by having them in house for five months and introducing them to Philadelphia, that they'll be happy to re-sign. Exactly, which is such a swaggy move, dude. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about winning now versus brokering your for the future right. or whatever. Because everyone's saying that it does seem like he's winning now. You're right. He's he's making these moves to try and win now. Um, But I kind of agree. I mean, you have to agree uh, because we kind of went all in with some guys whose contracts end after this year. But I also think that there's a lot of situations in which this is our team moving forward and we're good moving forward for a couple of years because we know what our core is Mm -hmm. and we have for a couple of years. And I think... Jimmy Butler, on the face of things, it was said up front when that deal broke that before his trade was made, he said, I want to go somewhere where I can re-sign. And when the trade happened, he they there was agreement, at least in the headlines, it was with the intention of re-signing. Right. So, obviously, anything changes, and he's a independent man and can do whatever business decision he wants when he becomes a free agent. But on the surface, they said that he's going to re-sign. So, like, let's just remember that. Yeah. And if Tobias Harris re-signs, then we have a squad for the next however long those contracts are that is very, very elite. Yeah. And So, realistically. It doesn't matter who our bench is. It doesn't matter who our bench is at that point because you can plug them in. Like, I don't yep. know. Like, no, I hear you. And real, I don't know realistically, what my metaphor is. Realistically. <laughs> If we actually sign Jimmy and Tobias to quote-unquote max-length contracts, whether we offer them right. four years, five years, three years with a player option, whatever, um, we would have those four or those two under contract for four years. Joel's extension yeah. started uh, this year, I believe, and it's five years. So he would be on the same track that they are. And then Ben's mm-hmm. extension would be a year extended after them. So Ben would be the only guy that we would have in uh, if he signs his extension. He'd be the only guy that we have left if, for some reason, uh, like Embiid's contract went up and we had to re-sign him, right? Or Butler and Tobias, whatever the hell happened to them, right? So like, right. that is a core group of four people for four years, and that's pretty sweet to think about. Yeah, yeah. And it's like part of me is telling me just to like, hey, just let's focus on the end of the season. Let's see what happens at the end of the season and not worry about what happens at the end with all these contracts and money dealings, basically, because that's what it comes down to. Um, But it's pretty cool to imagine that these guys are our team for the next, like, however many years. Dude, yeah. Um, And one thing that I think no one is talking about that I I literally 
honestly haven't really thought about until right now is what's the deal with JJ going to be? Like, is there no way he's on our squad next year? Oh, that's a good point. So, um, I don't know. I think realistically, if you look at what we've paid him over the past two years, he should be pretty happy. Uh, we've paid him $33 million over two years. Damn. And so, I feel... I feel like based off those numbers alone, he would take a lesser contract for like $5 million, $4 million, whatever. But with that being said, JJ does have a, a house in Brooklyn. His sister lives in Brooklyn. Apparently, they're really tight or something. And he spends a lot of time in New York in the offseason. And the Nets are looking pretty good, like a playoff team this year. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me if he just goes and plays for them. Um it would kind of suck because, like, he's been so great for us. But, like, I can't blame him because, like, if I live in Brooklyn right. and it's the end of my career, I might just go exactly. play for the Brooklyn Nets. Like, they would probably be happy to have me. And they would have plenty of money to spend because if Jimmy Butler stays with the Sixers and doesn't go to the Nets and Kyrie maybe goes to the Knicks or the Celtics and doesn't go to the Nets, like, I don't know who the hell they're going to sign. Maybe Kemba goes and plays for the Nets. I don't know. Yeah. But they'll have plenty of money. Right. So, like, maybe it's good for JJ. But we'll see, man. I don't know. That's a really good question. Something to watch. Yeah. I think it'll be just an interesting development for the end of this end of the season because he likes being a sixer for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, he's said that multiple times in different situations. But he is he's a New York guy. So Trust. you could imagine him being, oh, someone's, someone's home. Who's home? Gene just walked in. Hey, buddy. <laughs> well, we gotta we gotta get our security team actually, Steve, <laughs> yeah, get to, out of here. No, to lock down the doors. <laughs> our security guys, uh, uh, we gotta get them. We gotta give them a pay cut. Go ahead. They're gonna be letting keep, keep going. scrubs like that walk in. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that uh, JJ could be a potential pay cut guy to make room for all these max contracts if we potentially sign them all. Yeah. Um, you know, I could I could definitely see that happening. I could definitely see him being that homie. Same. Uh, but so wait, to get so all wait, the money so matched wait. up will be difficult. So wait, trade deadline. What do you right. what do you grade Elton Brand? What's his grade? Dude, his okay. So let me think about this because, like we were saying, I see a lot of value in the ballsiness of what he did. Same. And I think for me, that puts it at like an A. Yeah. So because I, I think that our so I think that our team is much better. I think that people keep talking about our bench being not that great, but I think our bench is even much better. Um, and I I don't see any um. Like I'm sad to see Landry go, and I think that Landry's a great player, but I don't see any. What's the word like? Opposite of improvements at any roster spot right. on our team. I think everything has been an upgrade in some way. So I think it's got to be an A for me. Yep. I would. I was thinking of it this way. I was thinking of it as if you're grading Elton Brand for this year, what's his grade? I think it's an A. Um, next year, whether it's at the trade deadline or just in the middle of the year, depending on who signs, who doesn't, how good we're playing, I think his grade can adjust. And obviously, when you're a GM, you're constantly being graded. <laughs> um, so right. I think right now, 
with everything they did, it's an absolute A. It's like a knock it out of the park A, A close to an A plus. Um, this summer, if shit doesn't go our way, and like Jimmy leaves and Tobias leaves, uh, you know, then we kind of gave up a lot for nothing. Um, for nothing. Yeah. So at that point, you know, maybe we can check back in on that on that grade. Yeah, but and that's true. And if if they do walk, that would be. That's the there's risk in there's risk inherent in these this wave of deals that he did this year and that's just it's just written into the contract. That's, there's risk. Yeah, there. that's just how it is. I mean, when you're a really good team, I mean, look all over the Eastern Conference, the Raptors, the Bucks. Everybody's making win now trades because they finally right. realize like, hey, we might actually have a chance. Um, yeah. So like, everybody's going for it, and it'll be a hell of a ride come uh, come uh, come April and May and June. Yeah, exactly. And then if we if we don't re-sign those guys at the end of the season, it's just going to be like we need to sign someone else yep. big. Yep, definitely. We just need to do it. So, so we'll see. I want to break it down a little before we wrap up and just talk about the funny side of the trade deadline. And yes. we got two great characters in Bobby and Tobby. Uh, otherwise known <laughs> Bobby as, and Toby. Otherwise known as Bobbin and uh, and Tobias Harris. Apparently, they call themselves Bobby and Toby or Bobby and Toby. <laughs> um, either way, they're like they're like the cutest NBA couple of all ah, time. The cutest couple, dude, dude. Like that's I don't I didn't know how, what else to call it. Like they have videos <laughs> dancing with each other. They're putting up Rocky yeah, music I saw that. in the I in saw the video that. of Mike Scott being like a huge. Uh, like Hardo, Bobby and Tobby are like giggling together, like laughing, like at Mike Scott because they know how much he hates this stuff. Like because <laughs> they know what he's like. Yeah. yeah, it was great. Like those two, those two are like a walking, like they're just like Joel. They're like a walking, like, exactly, like Instagram feed. Right, dude. That's and that's an un. That's like the intangibles of this deal is that those guys are like ridiculous and yeah. i love that kind of attitude because that fits right in with like tj and joel yes. and jimmy butler sometimes is like Goofy, that too yeah. sometimes he is um but dude honestly the mike scott video which i tweeted out from our account of when he was like so some reporter asked uh what do you guys what do you think of all the uh of what the sixers gave up to get you guys like obviously they put a lot of value in you guys if you're gonna if they gave up so much and Bobby and Toby, or Bobby and Toby, I don't know. I think it's Bobby and Toby, but I don't know. Go with Bobby and um, Toby, because it's definitely that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, they both, like, right after the question got asked, they both looked to Mike Scott, like, to make him answer. And he just goes, uh, I don't give a shit about any of that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Dude, it was so funny. Like It was the best. He literally, like, he was sitting there basically high as balls, like, not... Yeah. Paying attention to anything. And then you could see Tobias like knowing that this guy just asked Mike. They knew he Mike was gonna say some shit. Scott this question. He was, he like turns and smiles and is like looking at Mike Scott. And that's when yeah. that's when Scott realized, like, oh shit, like this question is for me. And so he leans yeah. he leans up into the microphone and goes, Yo, I, I don't give a shit about any of this. <laughs> And those two just started cracking up as Mike Scott goes, Oh my god. You could ask that shit to Bobbin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
He was like, I don't know, maybe Bobin can answer yeah. that. Dude, yeah. So that's the thing. The funniest part about that is that Tobias and Boban both, like, knew that he would say some shit yeah, like that. Yeah, you can they tell that they're, like, friends asshole. with him, too. Like, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dude, but, yeah, I didn't know a lot about Mike Scott beforehand, but I saw that video, and I was like, I am on board. Same. This guy is my dude. Same. I, I love that guy. And it, it honestly reminded me of, like, some... Thoroughly my dude. It reminded me of, like, some of my old teammates. Like, some of my old teammates were just kind of, like, really stubborn. But, like, once you got to know them, they were, like, great guys and, like, fun. And, like, the right. way that Toby and, and Bobby uh, <laughs> reacted to, like, that question and his answer made me think that, like, they've made a great relationship with him over the year. Right. And that, like, they know who Mike Scott is, right? They know he's, like, a great guy, but he's just, like, an asshole on the outside. <laughs> yeah. And, and a lot of that stuff is, like, um, some of those guys, they're really nice and really outgoing, like, in the locker room or something. But it's just because they're up in front of the press conference. They hate talking to the press. I mean, it's like Marshawn Lynch, dude. Definitely. When he would when he would go out for those Super Bowl interviews, he didn't give a shit about the press. But no. he's the funniest, nicest guy on the exactly, planet. Like, exactly. Yeah. He's hilarious. It was just his attitude in front of the media, which I don't care about that. I love those kinds of guys. Yeah. I love that. And the, the one thing that I wanted to mention about Bo, about Bobby – or Bobin is I don't know if this Tobby Bobby thing is gonna stick, but I'm gonna try and stick with it. Um, I'm gonna make it stick. Bobby like knows how absurdly large he is, and like yes. he's very funny with it on social media. Like there's so many pictures of him like standing next to like a really short girl, or like uh, him like riding like Did you see the video of him or the gif of him riding a tricycle? He looked – it was like a mini tricycle. He looked Dude, hilarious. Uh, yeah, yeah. I saw him riding into the locker room on like a, a mini four-wheeler. Yes, that was it. Like yeah, a mi- that's what I a meant. A mini ATV. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing was – it was so funny. And like – That's hilarious. There was, there was one meme going around on uh, on uh, on Twitter that it was Bobbin like holding something and his hands were so large that it looked abnormal. And then the other picture – was Rob Deerdreck holding, like, these gigantic hands in his hands and, like, w- waving them <laughs> in the air. And I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, he's such a goofy-looking dude. I love and it. But he's good, too. He's good. And did you see at the press conference when they asked everybody to hold up their jerseys for pictures? Bobbin takes his jersey and holds it up like he, like he's, like it's Simba in The Lion King. He's like, <laughs> he's, like, holding it way over his head and, like, smiling his ass off. I love that, dude. <laughs> He's such a goofball. See, that's the thing. I've never been so more, so immediately on board with new a group guys. of players yeah. than like these guys. Yeah, these guys seem like they're just like bought into one each other, but two just like the NBA. Like they just love being on a team and playing basketball. Like they don't care yes. what team they're on. They just want to play. Like they're just trying to ball. It's perfect. Yeah, it's literally perfect. It's, it really is perfect. And dude, it's just. I, I bring this up all the time, but that's how we were back in, like, grade school. Like, you were at your best when you were loosey-goosey and you were just messing around, dude. Yep. And that's why I feel like the, at least those three, and I think Joel and a lot of guys that are already on our team have that same attitude. So it's just – I just love that stuff. Exactly. It's just so – it's so my brand. And that's definitely it. why we can surprise some people and come playoff time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm just excited to see – and the first test – 
Wait a second. No. Are they going to be cleared for tonight? Yeah, they're playing tonight. So uh, the three of them are playing tonight. I think James Ennis is playing as well, but Jonathan Simmons okay. is not. Jonathan Simmons is not. Okay. I mean, that's who but cares. But they, the, they play the Lakers Sunday and then the Celtics on Tuesday. So Yeah, Lakers Sunday, Celtics Tuesday, Knicks Wednesday. That's right. So we're going to get our first couple of looks at these guys against a couple good teams. We got the Nuggets yep. um, and the Celtics. The Lakers are not so good, but they can be a threat. And then the Knicks, who we got to definitely put away. Yep. So it's a good span of four games to kind of get a taste of what our new look yep. is going to feel like. Yep. So uh, do you have anything else to say about the trades before I have a few words to say to wrap it up? And then obviously we'll let you uh, say your words of advice for the week. No, honestly, it's just – I can't wait for the games. It was just such an exciting couple of days. I'm so fully on board with everything. I think Sweet. that's my main takeaway is that I'm so on board with All it. All right, love it. Me too. Um, two things to say uh, to the trustees out there before we uh, wrap up the podcast today. Uh, number one, my buddy from uh, who works for an NBA team is uh, in town this week. So wink, wink, maybe you can figure out what team that he's – uh, working for, and I'm going to meet up with him tonight. And I just realized that it's quite possible that I could run into somebody on the team, and like that would be oh. amazing. <laughs> oh, right, that would be incredible. Because oh. he literally was like, "Yeah, I have to like give something to the uh, to the coaches like before we go grab like a bite to eat." And I was like, "All right, like that's fine with me. Like, you want to introduce me to to the coach, like." <laughs> yeah dude so i can't wait for that um i'll be hanging out with him all weekend i'm really excited but um nice and then uh next week john i just bringing this up now but i was thinking we could have a uh boston celtics super fan on for a quick little back and forth interview maybe even like a really aggressive argument how about how about that with the trustees like that I mean, I can speak on behalf of the trustees, and I can say that yes, absolutely, they would like that. <laughs> I'm, I, I, that'll be great. Yeah. I'm, I'm down for that. I thought it'd be entertaining as, as shit, and there's obviously like a lot to talk about with the Celtics and the Sixers right now. So like, maybe, yeah. I think next week we'll have somebody on uh, via phone call, and we'll go from there. We'll do our first uh, live caller. Great. I am uh, excited to hear, and like we said before. Uh, we didn't have anything planned, and that is literally the first thing I've ever heard about that. So I'm hearing it along with the trustees for the first time. <laughs> All right, words of advice. All right, I mean, you know, trustees, you got to watch the Sixers games. You got to watch your Netflix. You got to do all this and that. But what you really got to do is make sure you get a full night of sleep. Yes. Okay? Turn off your phones. Put them down. Put them away. Turn off the TV. Put it in the closet, lock it up, cut the cord, get your full nights, your winky sleeps, your Z's, get your Z's, counting sheep. <laughs> You'll be well rested. You'll be happy, a little happy bubbly boy or girl. Um, and that's important. Get your sleep. Yeah, so that you can wake up and crush the next day. Yeah, because you got to wake up in beast mode every morning. Yes, yes. And guess that's what? what trustees, the Sixers are, that's what trustees the do. The Sixers are waking up in beast mode against the Nuggets right now. So we got to cut this off. Hit us up on Twitter. We got a Celtics guy on the podcast next week. So give us questions. We want to bombard him with the hard questions so that we can make him really uncomfortable. Yes. 
Love it. <laughs> All right, later. Run, stand up and cheer.